that later. That's so right. We are, we are live and we are recording, Miss Kendra. Damn nervous. I don't, I don't know that I'm ever nervous. Same. I don't think I'm ever nervous, like, because I'm, I'm never talking about, so I guess I talk about things that I'm uncomfortable saying, but I'm not nervous about talking about them. You know, we're just like anybody else. You know, I know that I have a good message, but even so, like, no matter what it is we talk about, you know, that there's going to be one or two people on the outside looking in and, you know, the intention is never to hurt people, but it is hurtful to people what they hear. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think in every episode I say like, don't come for me at some point it comes out at least once. Actually, my husband was saying, um, he said this morning, he goes, you know, I was listening to the podcast you did with your mother and I was laughing so hard. I forgot to tell you. Cause you were like telling her about the diarrhea you had last week. And I was like, Oh, I didn't remember saying that. And also I really do make an effort not to, to think about too much what somebody might think of what I'm about to say, because that's where you get tripped up. That's where I get tripped up. But yeah, I don't know if that was necessary. Well, <laughs> I was just telling my mother. I was talking to my mother in my defense, you know? That's, well, I mean, I think it's appropriate. <laughs> it was, it happened. It was the truth. I mean, um, if you're not going to talk to your mom, who would you talk to about that? Who, would, who? Well, you right now on another podcast episode. So there it is. I think that's important. Just like you said, we're just like everybody else, you know? I, I don't think you, know you want to run. <laughs> run, <laughs> run I was with just that. running the play. <laughs> um, by the way, you are live inside of Team Claiborne. I oh, know you have a lot of fans. Um, there are a lot of fans. Go again. Well, I mean, you know, I think the cool thing is, is um, people you know, as a coach, you can be known for a lot of things. And I think one of the best things you can be known for is just being respected and being on point with a message that resonates with people. You know, like something we'll talk about today, of course, the whole consistency versus intensity thing. But like your message is on point all the time. It doesn't waver, you know, long term results and uh, things we can do forever. And I think that's important. You know, that's what I talk about in my community. I know that's what you talk about. We're not quick fix people. And I think that's what resonates with a lot of folks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if if I had a faster way, I would share it and I would be doing it. I mean, I'm looking too, and I don't see one. It's not that I'm not out there researching what's faster, but um, I'm not seeing it, Kenny. Yeah. No, I think people forget if, if there was a better way we would. Teach I, I would be, I'd way. be, well, first of all, I'd be selling it and right. it would be easier for me because, because the, the way I coach, the way you coach, the way I think good coaches coach is not the easiest path. It's the past path of most resistance. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the, it's the fucking hardest because you're invested too. And it's, it's crazy to me. Um, somebody said that to me once they're like, you guys, there's gotta be an easier way to coach than the way you guys do it. And I'm like, I, I think so, but it would mean it, I would probably be very dissatisfied, you know, cause it's like, you don't have to build a relationship. You don't have to, you know, I, I don't know how else you would do it though. 
And I think this is the way I like it. This is the way I like it. Yeah. I mean, I know going in, like every time, um, every time I bring somebody on board, you know, I have that internal conversation based on what they're saying initially, you know, I'm always positive. I always am hopeful they're going to succeed, but in my mind, I'm like, man, you know, in 16 weeks, is this person still going to be doing their job? You know, like doing what's necessary. Cause right. you know, you can just hear it sometimes in their message. If they're ready, you know, ready for change. Well, then you have, then you have like the ones that surprise you. One of my women who I'm going to actually see here in Nashville, because we are in Nashville now, which is amazing. By the way, we accidentally are across the street from the Grand Old Opry. So we're going tonight. We had no idea. We just picked a park. We're mm-hmm. literally in like the Music City Park is we could walk there. Are you a shopper, by the way? Not, it depends. They have the Opry Mills outlets right there as oh. well. Okay, well, we'll go in there. And then um, I, told, I told Mitch, I don't know if he shared oh, yeah. it with you, but you guys have got to eat downtown. I think it's Fifth and Broadway. They have a really like upscale shopping area there. But the cool thing, and not the shopping in general, but the cool thing is a very public, like tons of restaurants to choose from. It's kind of a trendy ups, upscale area right downtown. Lots of food options. And it's just cool to people watch and catch a bite and grab a bite. It's awesome. Well, we're only here tonight. Ah. And we seven o'clock ticket. So maybe we'll fit that in. I don't know. But I was going to say the woman that is here that I'm going to, we're going to have breakfast with her on the way out. Her The first message she ever sent me as a client was, this isn't going to work. I can't get below 175. And like, I've tried everything. I know my body, you know, the, the ones that are, it's like, yeah. so what do you, what are you coming to me for? Sounds like you got it all figured out and you're pretty much screwed based on your assessment. So it's a defense mechanism and it's a, it's a, it's a, like, it's such an interesting way to come into a coaching relationship. It's like blows my mind. And I thought for sure, there's no way she's going to come next week. And I was kind of like, well, you know, try me and kind of like, so, so it sounds like you've got it all figured out. What, what do you like, can I help you with something? And, uh, and she's my, one of my most successful people. When I say that, I mean, she won a challenge. She's maintained her results. Now she does occasional workouts for me in the app and she's definitely got below 175. It was just like such a funny concept, you know? Yeah. Turns out- to stop it turns out you have to stop binging every few days <laughs> that was yeah like I can't get below 175 half of the time it's like mentally you can't like you think it's physically your body won't let you but just like mentally like you're in this habit of sabotaging yourself every three or four days because well, you starve the other days so then you're hungry and I think this is going to be good for, this is going to be good for our topic today too. But you know what I'm saying? That type of like, you can't help me. And then somewhere along the way, they let you do it. They, they, they take the, take the help. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that I, I will say this, the people who come to you that um, they have a little bit of nutrition and fitness knowledge, they've tried all the diets and they, they, it's not working for them. The one thing that can be a blessing 
is that a lot of times they come with at least a little bit of education. Like they've been going to the gym, so they kind of understand fitness a little bit. They've been eating clean or they've heard of macros before. So if you can just get the, the switch flipped mentally to be coachable, I think sometimes it's easier for them because they do have that baseline knowledge in some areas. It's just how they've been applying it. Is, is that fair? Oh yeah. And she was a, she was a perfect example of like, I think over exercising, but also overeating didn't really know the resistance training component, how critical that is for fat loss. And mm. then just kind of the thing about those people that you're describing to me, you can almost appeal to their logical brain because they have done everything. And if they can sort of wake up and we can do that because we're peers, like we're the same age. And right. so I, I mean, as much as I hate this, like saying, but like Dr. Phil's like, how's that working for you? That actually is a, I use that a lot with people like kind of play back what they just said to me, like, and, and how, and is that working for you? And, and a lot of people at our age, it is almost the beauty of people who have done every diet, who haven't had results. Like you're kind of the last stop. Like, where are you going to go from here? There's nowhere left. Like we are the end of the line. I'm the last stop on the crazy diet train and they know it like somewhere in there. They know, they know it. Well, that's because no, Kendra, it's spot on because before they get to us, They've done keto, they've done the wraps, right. they've, they've done the endless cardio, the starvation, like they did all the things that they right. heard work, right? And so now when they come to us, they're like, well, I guess I actually have to do this work and consistency thing or I'm not going to make it. Right. It's also sad because I know that when, so every once in a while, when someone leaves, they'll go off and do something else and be successful. And it tells me that for me in general, it tells me that maybe it was a coaching, it was a relationship versus a technique. You know what I mean? Because every once in a while you do work with a coach that you just don't vibe with. Yeah. So every once in a while, someone will go somewhere else and be successful. But nine out of 10 times when someone leaves or they tell me that like, hey, I'm just, I'm kind of over it right now. You know, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to try something else, take a break. Like, I know that basically they have, they are saying to me that like, I'm just going to have to figure out to accept who I am because I'm not willing to change and put in the work to yeah. do that. Yeah. 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 Damn. It's tricky out there. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, um, I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it again. My brother is 51. Yeah. He's almost two years older and he's, he's struggled with weight for most of his adult life. He kind of yo-yos. Mm-hmm. He goes super extreme, takes 1200 calories. He's like six foot tall, dude. Like, and he goes over, he does over cardio and then he doesn't, or he just basically starves. But this time, you know, I'm like, listen, don't embarrass me. Okay. I'm a coach. We can't, we got to do it right. So we started this transformation challenge with a friend of his two years ago, and he just slowly has adopted all the lifestyle things. And at 51 has the best physique I've literally ever seen him have. And it took him two years and he's doing it the right way. 
And now he's, now he's lifting weights. He understands. I've sent him all my podcasts. He's like, he's like a sponge. And we were just, this is, I don't know. I was visiting him a few months ago and he was like, well, he, it was an old habit. Okay. He's like, after this, I'll just see, like, it was kind of like another temporary thing. Like, you know, when I reach my goal, I'll see if like, I don't know, like I, I can maintain it or something like that. And I'm like, dude, this is forever. Like what you just did isn't, this is your life now. You can never go back. You can never go because he would just go like, talk about, I have never seen anybody as all or nothing. I'm talking just, just either total starvation mode or complete overdoing it. And I am so proud of it. I've, it's like, it gives me such hope to know that at his age, you know, he was 49 when he started. Cause he wanted to be like that guy. Who's like, I want to be a great looking like 50 year old man. You know, he's so sick of it. So we still, I, I'll probably, I'll see him in a few weeks. I'll probably still be like, dude, this is forever. Yeah. It's so crazy how, when you're a dieter, you still think like there's like to this date, I got my reunion and then what, and then what, what do you think is going to happen? You have to be, so he has that intensity, but he never had the consistency. And so if he can't go 150, he doesn't go at all. And now he's got that, like, sometimes it's 90, sometimes it's 110. But if I can stay in that like range, but sorry, like you can never go back. And I think if you are, if you've gained and lost 50 pounds five or 10 times, you probably have a massive food addiction and you just can never go back. Like you're never going to have a balance. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to go all in the other way. I know. I, I mean, I've been there myself. I mean, not to that extreme, but it really, it's different when the mindset, when, when you flip that switch forever. You know, and I really, it, it's important, right? Because the growth isn't going to happen in eight or 10 or 12 weeks. Like you, we see it. So I, I hate to say, like, I hate the challenge culture. You know, I, we both run challenges, right? We do. Um, but not for the aspect of that's how you should live your life. You know, I do it as a way to educate. You know, I have, you know, the deal we, I have yeah, a way to like to educate. Yeah, yeah. right. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a lifestyle approach, but I see it so many times, you know, people will come in and for eight weeks, you know, they'll do their thing and they'll have amazing results. And then they, the, the time between the challenges, they go right back, you know, to what they were doing before. It's like, they don't, they don't get it right. They think that they can make these, they can make this progress and then just switch it back to the way it was before. And it's going to be okay. And it's not, it's never going to be the same. Like I have Kendra, I've had people lose 20 pounds in a challenge before and gain it all back in four weeks. Yeah, man. That's sad. You know, it's sad. Yeah. And yeah. It, it makes me, it makes me think about like, well, because I talk about not doing that, you know, I try to educate on what it takes to do it the correct way. So I start to think, you know, I start to have that internal conversation, like what could I have said, or what could I have done differently for that person? And sometimes 
you just have to relent to the fact that it's not you, it's them. You know, they have to learn more. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, because it, when you're, when you live a healthy lifestyle, and I know you can relate to this there, let's say in a 24 hour day, I like, I'm going to sleep eight hours. So that's what 16 hours. Is that right? Okay. Never do math on podcast. I almost failed fifth grade. So let's see. And I'm pretty sure math was in there. So you've got 16 (laughs) hours in a day. And in that 16 hours, you have like tons of food choices. And most of the day you're okay, right? Like most of the day you're busy working, your mind is occupied. But then there's like, and I know people will know what I'm talking about. There's two to three hours, okay, one to three hours of every day, something like that for me, that I struggle, that I have some kind of a craving, that I have some kind of, I want more than I need. And it doesn't matter if I'm in a deficit or not. It's just, it's kind of the way it is for me. Like there's always some period where I like want something sweet and I'm fighting it and I'm having to figure out just like you guys, how I have, instead of cookies, how I have, like, what is my alternative, Kendra? But that, those couple of choices where I'm fighting it and I project myself into my future self who really will be proud of myself for several hours every single day if i just give up and get through those few minutes of cravings like it's so to me this is all about like these weird little cravings because most of the day we're okay like i'm not no we're not waking like we wake up and we're ready right we're not having pizza for breakfast and like but it slowly starts to fade throughout the day and i think during between challenges or when people are off or whatever they just give in at every moment and it doesn't it's not a lot of time during the day where you can totally and completely destroy the work you've done never mind let's say the next day for eight hours, you have to live with regret and feel bad about the three or four minutes it took you to eat the cookies, which did nothing for you. So you just have to like, for me, it's about getting into my future self before I completely sabotage myself that day. And you will wake up proud of yourself. Like you got to muscle through the hard times. And I know Kenny has them because I've seen him try to count his little raisinettes, you know, we all have the hard times. All right. Do me a favor, Ken, really quick. Do me a favor. Cause we're kind of getting into it now. Why don't, okay. you, go ahead, why don't you go ahead and, and spill your podcast stuff? You know, oh yeah. You're on this life podcast. We're recording. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we, Kenny and I only accept five stars. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. My mother said, and we actually have 125 star ratings. That's pretty awesome. Pretty great. Thousands of downloads. Ours are the most popular. Kenny's on every week. So it's just kind of the, the Kendra, Kenny, Kenny, Kendra podcast. We drop them once a week. Um, and, so anyway. And, and, and listen, if you're in Team Claiborne and you're thinking to yourself like, because you guys know how I am. I'm very protective of our community. Just like Kendra is very protective of her community. Don't let anybody in. Right. And, and here's the thing. If you're thinking to yourself like, well, 
Kenny, you know, why are you bringing another coach in the team playboard? Well, guys, understand that, like, I keep my circle really small amongst the people in my life. And Kendra is someone that I have a great deal of respect for as a coach and as a person. I've connected with her and her husband. She is an amazing coach at what she does. And I, I couldn't be happier to bring her in because I know that her message is going to support what we're talking about in Team Claiborne. And ultimately, I do believe in life to be successful. You have to surround yourself with people who are going to help you keep moving the ball forward in your life, right? If where you get your information is important, and I wouldn't share Kendra if I didn't feel that she was valuable to you and our community in general. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And same with Kenny and my group. We just, it's important to have a similar message, but a variety of like methods, you know? Um, and I also, by the way, like I have mostly women in my group, but lots of husbands watching and listening. And I think there's always room for people our age, you know, different genders that are, we struggle with some of the some of the same things consistency being one but some different things too oh you saw my husband talk to that guy in the parking lot and was like Kenny Claiborne and it's like true like you're a better fit for him but the difference it actually the difference with you is you coach men and women I mostly just coach women yeah um you know the funny thing Kendra is that you're really I good at coaching women well I mean I I'm not so here's the thing. This is my full on belief on what you just said. I'm not really great at coaching women. Women are great at being coachable. Men are not so great at being. I really believe that when I so you have to think about it, right? Like most people who come to me, most men are younger than me, right? And not that that's necessarily a huge thing, but it's a maturity and an ego thing. Guys have a really hard time, in my opinion, checking their ego at the door, mm. especially like I'm a 51 year old guy. And like, you know, I got these 26, 27 year old kids who come to me for help and they are kids to me. Right. I'm double their age. And like I'm telling them how to get fit. I'm telling them how to get in shape for a lot of them. They are threatened by that and they don't they are unable to take advice from me because they feel like they're stronger than me. They're faster than me. They can do all the things that I'm telling them they can't do. And it's an ego issue. Women, however, on the other hand, they come to me and they're like, okay, Kenny, like, please help me. Tell me what I need to do. Like you've had all these successes in the past. Like clearly, you know, what's going on. I can check my ego at the door. I'm not worried about it. I just want to change my life. There's two totally different mindsets there. Yeah. Right. Well, you do have a lot, like your results are incredible um damn yeah like big big major changes because I, I think your message is strong and consistent mm -hmm. I mean I know we both are but I think yeah that's a that's a really interesting point like because I coach so many women I don't I can only see I don't I'm not can't, comparing the difference so much between genders I can't really see I have so I have some men and men it just seems the weight also just seems to fall off at a totally different pace, which is so interesting to me. Um, it's super interesting to me. Like the husband just stops drinking beer and he loses 30 pounds. And the wife is like, I have, I do have a lot of couples, but the yeah. men are usually behind the scenes, you know, just 
randomly, you know, losing 30 pounds, but that's, that's, that's relative. It's relative. So, you know, it's funny because I have a lot of guys who are like, well, Kenny, you know, I, uh, I just don't spend a lot of time on social media. I'm like, uh, it's sure. funny. It's funny guy. You like every post I've ever made Yeah. <laughs> for someone who's not very active. Yeah. You know, every time I go to record a podcast, the landscaping come up. Can, can you hear that? Nope. Okay, good. Whew, can you hear so my dogs good. barking? No. See, there you go. <laughs> I just pretend that like is- it's not happening and hope you can't yeah. hear. I tried too, but damn, they really, they're really getting in there. They're weed whacking under the. Uh, I go through the house like every time before we start a podcast and I'm like I'm like it's like it's like the it's like a two-minute warning for a football game I'm like hey I'm on with Kendra in two minutes right right? now everybody looks at me including the dogs are like I got it but then like minutes later there's a cat and it's but you you're on the mic and the mic does a great job I think the I think the mac the mac sound until I get this mic thing figured out is pretty good too so um so before right. we jump in, can you give me yeah. like a two minute synopsis of, because, you know, I went to Summer Smash, you went to Summer Smash. Yeah. Tell me, tell me what your feelings were and thoughts. Uh, okay. So, you know, I went in to Summer Smash, super sad for people who don't know, we lost, we have been living on the road. We had two dogs and a cat. We, we lost two of our animals in the last two weeks, uh, one just straight up old age cancer and the other the cat had heart failure randomly within three weeks and that was on Wednesday summer smash started on Thursday and okay so when I went in we had breakfast with you guys which was truly truly a highlight um and I just felt like the weekend for me was very very happy like I just I don't even really use that word actually I don't it's not like how I describe you know what I mean I'm just so happy I am I well that's not true but I was so happy all weekend I just felt part of that too is this is my third I've now built relationships there were people I was looking forward to seeing and it just reminds me of anything like you gotta you gotta invest if you want the return and you got to invest first Like I've showed up to endless events, endless calls and, you know, and like, I just felt so connected to the people. I thought Andy's message was fabulous. I liked his vulnerability on it. Just that was, and I know he goes there. He's not afraid to be vulnerable, Uh, but it was just fun. The concert, man, that was one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my almost 50 years. It just that was my experience. It I just, the, you know, it just was incredible. I love the the communities and the sub communities, you know, like, oh yeah, I love seeing the other coaches. I love seeing all the folks who are there as part of those teams and getting to know people, how we've all cross pollinated. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because we're all on this, we're all on the same team, but we're not but it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Um, And, you know, for me, um, first of all, breakfast was absolutely great. I needed that. Like I told you, like that breakfast was good. You cannot tell me you can't hear this. I just heard it this time. It's okay. It's. (laughs) But that breakfast was good for my soul. It really was like, I needed it just to, um, 
kind of get my mind right for Summer Smash to kind of just talk about some things that weren't necessarily fitness and nutrition related and like talk with friends about like normal life stuff because I can get so focused on work and transformations and helping people that a lot of times I forget to live my own life. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, I agree. Breakfast was great. And then, you know, moving into the weekend, you know, I had a really big team Claiborne contingent there. So it was the first time where I felt at Summer Smash, I had the ability to like do all the things that First Form wanted me there for, which was, of course, to meet people, see see all the customers, the people that are part of the community, hang out, take some pictures. I did all those things. Plus, I was able to work in, you know, a couple hours here and there with my people, like some really intentional time to sit and talk and get to know them better and just keep developing those relationships. So for me, this was my favorite Summer Smash yet. Now, not because of the concert. Concert was great, but actually, like, it was nice. They had how they had it set up. There was more kind of... Um, chill areas if you remember like towards yeah. the back so like even during the concert like we pulled back and we were able to have conversations listen to the music you know throw some bags shoot some basketball it was just it was amazing we had a great time yeah 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 this time too I having lived on the road and being one of my missions is just talking to random people like just being a little more open I think in it in my life as a person like not on social media, but in the, in the world. Um, I think when you're on social media, you can have a false idea that you have a lot of connections, but these are not real people. And right. so you can feel overwhelmed, like you've interacted all day, but you haven't actually, it's, it's like you in a video or you, there's a lot going on and you're putting a lot out, but it's, it's a strange reality for people right. who don't create content or it's like a, it's very odd. So for me, this RV life has been about talking to people. So on the, that track day, which is my favorite day, the team workout, that's my favorite. I wish we could do that every morning. I picked a couple people that I saw walking alone because in the years past, it didn't occur to me that anybody would be there alone. Like, or just, I, you always assume when you go to a big setting, like everybody knows everybody and I'm the only one who doesn't. So I started talking to this girl, Jamie, we walked for several laps. She was there alone. Her friend was going to come and then she, her friend didn't come. So she went anyway. She had just moved to St. Louis. So I kind of got her story. Now we follow each other. Then we saw each other the next day. Now I'm coaching her in the app and she's just, she's like, I want to work at first form. <laughs> she just graduated from dental hygiene school. And she's like, screw that. I'm going. I'm like, well, you, you work in the warehouse. So the community is, is it's very accepting it like all you have to do is show up and you are in like it's not hard and so I felt now also as a leader in our role it is my responsibility to to help that the mission and this same as you maybe not the same as you but like this was the first one I really felt that I felt like this is my job to do this I am older I do feel like I can take some liberties now. I feel like I, you know, like I'm, I'm not like, this is my, this is my, 
my community to, to bring people right. in. I had three, four, four, definitely people on my team. That was pretty awesome. We got to do a lot of things together. Um, so it was, it was, I'd love to have a bigger showing. It's just super hard for people to get tickets. Well, I think, you know, when yeah. you have your own group, your own community, and you also have your own meetups. And I, I mean, it's, yeah, so, it's yeah, just a money can, thing, you know, like yeah, I can only right. go to certain things. Yeah. I'm the same yeah, way. But if anybody is thinking about it or on the fence, just go and, and like, you know, they, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It was I do want to add one thing to what you said. You know, you okay. did say up front, like, if you just show up, you're in. I agree with that. But if you show up and you stand in the corner, oh, you'll yeah. be standing in the corner by yourself. Like, you know, you you have to put yourself out there a little bit. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, over the top, like way out of your comfort zone to communicate with people. But if you go to these events and you sit in the corner or you show up at a workout and like you go off to the side and you work out by yourself, like, you know, sometimes people perceive what you want them to perceive, which is like, well, this person might just want to be alone, you know? So, you know, you got to kind of put yourself out there, go to the events. Don't be afraid to walk up and say, Hey, how you doing? I'm so-and-so, you know, it's, it can be scary, but it's worthwhile. Right. Well, and also the thing about it is if you just started talking to people, that's the, that's the key. Every, uh, I mean, I'm sure there are assholes there, but like, I've never met, I've never met one really. Like if you were just gonna, it, it is, a, it is for that, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are people there that are too cool for school. Um, that's a, that's a really good point. Actually. I think when a host puts a party together, it's up to you to make the party happen. Like, yep every you know not everybody can do it for you it's so true like I've had meetups and uh, somebody was like I, I don't want to go I don't know anybody and I'm like well now you're really never going to know anybody are you like how do you think you're going to get to know? <laughs> like nobody knows anybody you got to go and you know, like you'll never you know or like uh, I've had a couple like it was hard you know no it seemed like there were all these groups and nobody talked to me well did you talk to anybody you know, I mean, it's like when you're a kid, you like go on a camping trip or a field yeah. trip or, you know, you go somewhere with a like uh, whatever, a library visit, whatever. Right. If you're that person who sits by yourself on the bus and, you know, you don't start talking to people until the last five minutes. Well, you've just wasted that whole weekend, you know, like just open it up, just rip the bandaid off. Just go for, go it. for it. Dive in, dive in. Go for it. Because yeah. you have a meetup coming up, too, huh? I do. I mean, yeah, of course you're invited, Kendra. Um, it is, I got to open my calendar. Got to make sure I got the dates right. I always July? do. Yeah, it's July the 28th. People will start coming in. 29th will be Team Claiborne Day, as they call it. And then everyone will go back towards their home on the 30th. We'll get out of there on 30th. So it's like, it's like two days. We have, it's will, pretty good time. Yeah. And, and same with your meetups. Don't well, wait. Don't wait till the 29th on your way out being like, I wish we had a chance to talk. You did. You, you did. did. You did. I hate it when people say that. Oh, we, oh, I'm like, no, we, we did. Yeah. 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 We, we were here the whole time. And just so you know, like, this is not breaking news. We've talked about it before, but someday in the future, we may be doing a joint meetup, which is kind of weird. 
but cool. I think it would be like a dueling, like like I see your your team in like blue and white. I see mine in red and white. I see us doing like a dance off. Maybe did you guys get? Are you doing? Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. So <laughs> so I just want you to think about. I want you to look at the camera. You just said that I'd be in blue and white. Who's in blue and white right now? Oh, you said yeah. that you would yeah. be in red and white. Who's in red and white right now? <laughs> That's so true. I was like, what is she talking about? We, like we were red. We were we like red, but okay. oh my gosh, it would be great. It would be great. I think that's also like I don't know about you, but like that's just where I am in my life. I feel very for one, nobody can take anything from you. That you, you know what I mean when it comes to business, when it comes to any of this stuff. And number two, it's going by so fast life. It just feels like every year it's like a roll of toilet paper. They say, you know, it's like, it gets faster and faster and, and my relationships get more and more important. And the circle does get some, it kind of gets, it's like a, what is that instrument? The accordion. It's, it's a, it's like, it gets big and then I weed it big. And then I weed it, you know? And can I, I want to say this about relationships and this doesn't go for you. This is me. This is just my life and what I perceive. I, I almost feel like I'm starting over with my circle. Like, you know, I've got a few people who I've brought along my whole life. Don't get me wrong. I've got some friends, some lifelong friends, but you know, we talk about all the time or at least I know I do. I'm sure you do as well. Like sometimes you have to eliminate people from your circle that aren't supportive of your goals. They're not helping you get better. They're not helping you progress in your life. And it's been a continual process for me. And I have gotten rid of way more people than I've kept. But as I transition into this part of my life, I'm gaining momentum. Like I'm actually, my circle is getting bigger because I'm surrounding myself with the right people. So it's been hard because I've had to leave some really good friends in the past that they're just not going to get their shit together. And I've accepted that. And I'm moving on, making room for other people. And I feel like I've started over to some extent and that I'm just now growing my true network of friends again. Yeah, I think uh, Jane Fonda, (laughs) the great Jane Fonda, uh talks about that a little bit in her 70s my mom too of course like we have seasons you know and um I think about that a lot like there was there was a a couple that I was I was a single mom for years which is a strange place like nobody really wants the single mom around you know what I mean like like it's like a it's kind of hard to, to describe unless you've been in that situation. And except I, there was this one couple that invited me to everything. Our boys were, uh, friends. And then that was like all through elementary school. And the moment they went to middle school, it's like, we never talked again because our boys went to different schools. And, and I, and for a long time, I felt bad. And then I just kind of realized like that, that's what that was. And that's okay. Like, that's yeah. what that was. They're not coming along. I'm not coming along for the next one, but I appreciated that time. There's, I've had same as, I don't know if this is the same as you, but I have 
three best friends from childhood, I'm talking baby junior high, we're still together. And the others kind of cycle through like 10 year relationships that kind of fizzled as I've made changes in my life and I've grown in my life where they seem less support. It's hard for people to watch you grow. Like for some people, it's it's like very difficult for them. And it doesn't come out in a just a nice conversation like that. It comes out in like other ways where it's just like not as appealing to be connected to them anymore. And those those have been hard for me in the last probably three years to kind of figure out like, I guess that was another one of those things where that was the season and, and um, you know? Yeah, I mean, your growth, obviously is more an indicator of their desire to stay the same than it is an assault on what you're doing. Like, I really do feel, there's plenty of people in my life that I feel, you know, when I talked about all the things I wanted to do, they were supportive when I was talking about it and working towards it. But when I actually started to get some traction, those people actually got a little jealous, I think. Jealous, yeah. Right, and they started to fall off. And again, it wasn't because of my success. I really think it it highlighted their inadequacy and yeah. unwillingness to change anything in their life. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple, I got a couple weird stories early on, especially because I, I kind of blew up on TikTok and social media fast. I'm talking like, wait a minute, what do you mean blow up on TikTok? How many followers do you have on TikTok? 350,000. That's a lot of followers. Right. But, it, but, it, but my point is like that all happened during COVID and that was happening to a lot of people, by the way, but it was like a, it was like everyone was looking and there I was, it's not like that anymore, but same thing. Instagram was like 140, 145 people. And then it was like 10,000 and then it was 15,000. And it just, now it's normal growth. Like it's just like, you know, piddly little growth, which is fine. But, <laughs> but that, that was that I, I had a couple, couple friends that were it was a strange, I won't get into the details, but I'd never got to the Jane Fonda thing who was saying like, it's important to build new friendships at any age. Like yeah. if you're 70, you can have a new, really good connection. Don't, don't think that it's over. It's, it's not, it's not. And, and that, I keep that in mind. Cause sometimes I'm like, what am I going to do at 50? Like have a new best friend. And Jane's like, yeah, you might just keep yeah. an open mind to, to a new world of friendship. And that makes me very, very happy and hopeful. Yeah. And to your point, by the way, about single moms earlier, like, I, I don't know what kind of single mom you were. I mean, I can only imagine based on what I know about you now, but my daughter, single mom, she has very little friends, but you know what? It's not because of them. She is freaking awesome at like doing mama bear duty stuff. Like she's not letting anyone into her life that could possibly be in her child's life that is questionable in any way, shape or form. So like she is an amazing gatekeeper. Like I, my daughter is a really special woman. Like I give her a hard time. I love her to death. There's wow. some things she can work on. Of course, we all have those things. But when it comes to being a mom, 
you know, sometimes I just sit and I look at her in amazement and I, I just don't know where That's it so comes cool. from. I just don't yeah. know where it comes from. You know, like you're just like how you and Sandy had nothing to do with it. Well, sure. Sure. But I just, you know, when you're like, as a dad, you know, I'm just, I, I look at her and I'm just like, man, she's a natural. She's yeah. so much she's better than I ever could have been. Right. At that. right. She's amazing. Right. That's so cool. Damn. Yeah. You know, I think for me along the single mom thing, it was more about just noticing there were couples hanging out and you're not going to really get invited to couples things. That's all. Yeah. And a lot of the, so it was like, when a couple did include me, I always felt very grateful. It's, it's, I, I don't even think it was anything personal. It's just not, not, it's not, it just kind of, you know, all the families go to the baseball and I could just see like the group of couples and, you know, it's probably not appropriate. You're not a couple. It's just a different thing, but yeah. it just, I just, please, I'm not trying to like, this isn't like, feel sorry for me. It was just a strange time. Nobody include, they call them fringe moms these days, but again, who are, you have to go, you have to make an effort, you know, and you have to go talk to people. So I was also kind of uncomfortable because I was single mom. It was a whole thing. And it wasn't as it wasn't popular back then. Not everybody know. was a single mom. It's probably weird to like you, you know, like we all have that. single friends in our life, but like, you know, it's I don't know. Like if I invite my single buddy over all the time, right? And we're hanging out, like me and him are obviously gonna have a lot of conversations and chill, you know, be talking about things on the side. And now, you know, a lot of my single friends are pretty cool folks, but like, if I invited him over and he only talked to my wife all the time, I might not like that either. <laughs> yeah. I just think, you it's, know? yeah. And I think I'm a cool girl. I don't think I have weird vibes, like, cool but, but that doesn't mean that like, and I make a real effort to make it that way, but well, of course I'm married now and Mitch and I get to go to everything. Well, it's so funny because I met Mitch really this weekend. I know. Like I've talked to him in the app. I've <laughs> I've harassed him in the app for about six months now, maybe even longer. But I got to meet him in person for the first time. And I was like, I like this guy. He's pretty cool. So it was awesome. We actually have a lot in common. Yeah. 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 He likes you too. He's super easy to talk to. You can take the guy anywhere. Just like this morning. I might lose him in a parking lot. That was funny. You know, that was so funny. Like when you sent me that video or you tagged me in it, I was like, yeah, that's hilarious. That's so Mitch. But the guy was like, many people have come up to Mitch and been like, you look like you work out here. Do you know how much that does for a guy who's working out, who thinks he's not making any progress and a, ra at a random stranger in the parking lot follows him out of the gym and you know, how cool is that? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, as long as you don't use the word skinny or fat, you're good. Like, bro, you're looking so lean. Right. Like, no. That's awesome. Or, bro, you're looking jacked. Dude, that you know what the challenge is going to be for him is when it's time to cut and the scale goes to places he's not really used to seeing. He's gonna he's gonna have to like look at his physique and trust you because it's gonna be a whole other like. I weird, have, you know, concerns with Mitch. I'm gonna let you know on a secret right now. 
on the, on the well, back side of this because he can hear this and so can thousands of other people well i i wouldn't say it if he couldn't hear it okay but let's call, let's not call him mitch to save his identity let's call him oh. stew oh stew like in like, like in um stewie no stewie <laughs> okay so stewie I, look and this isn't a bad thing i don't mean it's a bad thing no like, i know we're giving him a hard time yeah i'm giving him a hard time but like right now, you know, we fed him up. He's eating a lot of food, which is great. I'm happy for him in this process. But based on his previous experience as an athlete and a triathlete and all those things, I think this might be the first time he's actually been this focused on nutrition. And I just know from my experience, like I'm, I was in the same boat as him. Like, <clears throat> like right now, he's like, man, it's like I'm eating for my job. You know, like it's it's hard to eat a lot of calories all the time. It really is. It's way more challenging than people think. But what's also equally as hard, when you focus on nutrition for the first time and you eat with intent, even if it's in an excess to gain weight, the right kind of weight, when people start pulling calories, it's pretty amazing how hungry you get really, really fast. Oh. Like it's going to be the other end of the spectrum. It's going to go from, and it's hard to eat all this food to like, Kenny, I am hungry all the time. And, you know, like nobody wants to hear it. But the fact of the matter is, is like, you got to embrace hunger a little bit. You really do. Yeah. And it, it I mean, I'm sure some of it is psychological. Oh, for sure. You know, you, you've been used to seeing this number and yeah, he'll like, it'll be seven o'clock and he'll be like, I still have to have my sludge tonight, you know, cause he makes a sludge every night and all that stuff. So no more sludge or now you got a You got a Tetris. It's the game of Tetris. Now you got to figure out how to get the sludge in. What's it, what it's going to cost, what it's worth. Yeah. And, and, and he is in a nice place where he doesn't really have to do that right now. He's pretty satisfied all of the time. So you're, yeah. and you're so right. Actually that hunger it's funny. The hunger does come quick, doesn't it? Like, like you take, you go from 200 carbs to 170 or whatever the cut would be. And you're, you're like, it, you feel that at first. You do. I, I know that like in a body, like when I'm working with someone that wants to get on stage, we'll just say, cause that's a pretty normal thing. Right. And I know when we first start kind of pulling calories away, even in the very beginning, like the number one comment I get isn't necessarily hunger. They start talking about, well, Kenny, I'm going to feel this in my, in the gym. Like, I'm like, bro, like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll make, I'll, I'll give them the new macros on a Friday. And by Wednesday, they're like, Kenny, I just can't push the same in the gym. I'm like, bro, that's not even close. You don't even know what it's like to be in a deficit yet. Give it some yeah. time. Right. Give right. Some time. You're right. fine. Right. Mental. I'm yes, sorry. You have, I'm right. sorry. You have your honey nut Cheerios right. for breakfast. Right. Go watch. Go watch that Netflix show alone, and watch somebody with no food for a week build a friggin' house. I think you'll be all right. I think you'll be all right. I do watch those. I did watch alone during my prep because it made me realize like these guys cannot eat for a week and survive. Like I'm getting at least 1,100 calories a day. Yeah, you're all right. I mean, it's terrible, but you're you're. You have more water than you could possibly consume and you have more food than, you know, a lot of people get to eat in a week. You're going to be all right. And you're choosing to do this, by the way. Hey, so. do you want to answer a question before we move on? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. So Kevin, I'm sorry, Scott and my group 
he said, um, it's hard making friends at this time in their life. So Scott and his wife are both near 50s, over 50. Um, but they don't go to bars. And he's kind of like, how do we meet people at this age? I mean, like, what's your advice there? Meeting people as you get older. I mean, my husband is an extrovert. And um, he meets people all the time. I, I think, and I've heard this from many men, you can tell me if this is true. Maybe it's not true for you. My brother says this. It's hard to, it's almost like he doesn't know how to make friends. Like for me, it's, it's not hard for me. Like I genuinely love the connections that I have, the gym community. Like I'm going to give you an example of how I made a friend in the gym. And with couples, you don't always know if the couples are going to vibe either. It's an important part of relationship building when you're married. That, I don't, we, that's clunky for us too. But like, I think I could, you know, I think Kenny and I became friends. Then Sandy and I became friends. Then we brought Mitch into the mix. This is over a two-year period. I wish I had a fast answer, but um, uh, for me personally, like, it's it's not hard. Like, I I will I will at in the gym, I can meet a woman pretty easily. All we have to do is be like, I love your shoes. And that's all it takes for us. We're not that difficult to <laughs> connect with. And then I'm I'm the type that's not afraid to be like, do you guys, do you want to grab coffee? Like, I'd love to, I, I will just do that. And then I'll just see if we have chemistry. It's a strange thing. I know that probably sounds like dating or something, but I think friends have chemistry. That's, you know, you kind of have it or you don't. Um, and then I might just, you know, see if you know the husband do you guys want to go out and grab dinner or something like I'm not shy about it because life is going fast um it's not been a hard thing for me it's hard sometimes it's harder to keep up and maintain all the people that I truly care about so there's only a handful that I can do that with on a regular basis I know that that's such not a good answer there's probably isn't there like a married couples friendship app out there and if not should we start I don't, I don't think that's the kind of app you should oh. use. <laughs> I think there's a lot of those apps Wait, out there. I don't know. Is it Scott asked the question? He did. I don't We'll I don't, be your friend. Like we'll be your friend. We're friends now. I don't know. Like it's that's that. a different lifestyle, Kendra. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but so, so seriously for, um, for me, um, I, I think the thing it's, it is like dating, you know, so I have a lot of dudes that I hang out with that they don't like they have to level up in my life to become a friend right so for instance like we might have a similar interest and I might get together and golf with someone like hey man you want to go golfing sometime yeah absolutely that doesn't mean we're friends but you're definitely getting ready to be evaluated like you're you're a golfing you're a golfing connection correct yeah and then over the time we play golf together you know I get to know you and I'm the whole time I'm feeling you out though. Like, you know, we might enjoy golfing together and that might be all we ever do. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's yep. cool with me, 
but that's totally different than bringing you home and hanging out with Sandy and my family. Um, and I think that's okay. And I do this a lot, like even in fitness or like, you know, there's plenty of acquaintances that I have in the fitness industry. We're friends. We love to talk macros. We love to talk workouts. We have very similar interests, but we're not necessarily friends, right? There's either something there where we just don't quite vibe the right way or, you know, maybe they like to do different things than I like to do outside of, you know, our, our similar interest. I don't know. It, it takes a while for me to get you in. You know we, we had such a good thing going. We had um, our God kids, parents started a game night. This was before COVID. We had, we, every Friday they hosted it. It was like two years. We had couples come and go. We had like, you know, people, couple, we had a couple like uh, boyfriend, girlfriend couples, they broke up one stayed at game night. The other one didn't make it. You know, we had the, nobody drank. We we're not big drinkers. So it was, the, they were, it was like, it was clean, you know, like it was just like this awesome, um, well, a couple of people drank, but like, mostly we were just having a good time. Um, and I was guaranteed that on Fridays, it was going to be like deep belly laughs from, you know, for multiple hours, which I think is really important. That was another thing I appreciated about summer, summer smash and our breakfast was just like, when do you get to laugh? Like from your gut yeah. for many times a day. So when, when COVID hit though, I have to tell you, we, I was going to see my girlfriend and her husband, Mitch and I were, or I would go my childhood friend regularly. We were going to, I have, you know, the childhood friends I talked about, we would kind of circle around every 12 weeks, COVID stopped everything. And I think a lot of us are like our social muscle atrophied, completely atrophied people isolated themselves obviously I'm preaching to the choir here also like I don't ever remember our political positions being like part of our like a lead-in something like that's in the mix like there's all this weird stuff and it's just hard to I've had to make a real effort this year on the road to like pursue people to to have a rich life with with friendships and strong meaningful connections and i know like kenny like people on my team they i can say some of them have become friends i mean i'm talking friends where we are equal peers it's we sort of the coach client thing is kind of we've graduated from that that doesn't happen with everybody for a variety of reasons but so i know our teams are really important to us I think it's also really what COVID did also, I think, was reestablish what friendship was for some people. And what I mean is, is that, yeah. you know, when a lot of communication was happening through social media, you know, electronic communication, phone communication, whatever, like, to me, that's totally different, you know. It's it's kind of like if we're friends on Facebook and we talk, um, I can say we're friends. I can say we're friends, but don't, in my mind, you know, it's probably going to take meeting you in person and getting to know you before you're a friend, you know, and that's, that's just the way it works. Like I love connecting with people and there's a lot of people that I would consider I'm very close to in my, in my team, but there's other people that like you, we've taken that relationship to the next level. 
And it's not like we planned a couple's vacation and went and hung out together. But like, you know, when you do things like, oh, hey, I'm going to Summer Smash. You're going to be there. It's about taking time to have those intentional conversations, getting to know each other, grabbing a bite together, no distractions, getting to know each other, you know, going to Team Claiborne weekend. Or it could be simply as like, hey, I'm going to be in Louisville in a couple of days. You know, are you and Sandy free? You guys want to get together for lunch? Like putting yourself out there a little bit. Getting in, like that's how you're going to make real connections with people, right? I don't, I think Facebook and Instagram and TikTok have lured people in somewhat um, into these relationships that they want to call friendships. But for me, I don't think it's deep enough for me to, you know, call you a, a true friend. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It does, it does remind me of like, you know, they say you can count your real friendships on one hand yeah I you know I don't know and that's pretty small circle um but but I understand the concept I mean like for instance when we went to breakfast the other morning um I when you can go and sit down with someone and have a conversation and you have no agenda your guard isn't up you feel free to talk about whatever you want without offending anyone without saying the wrong thing I think that's a really good indicator that you're probably around friends, you know, like you can say things you want to say and without fear of, you know, getting shot in the face or somebody criticizing you or people accepting you for who you are. I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, I, I overshared. Yeah. But, but I, <laughs> yeah, well, you, we you, did. You did. Yeah. But like, you don't. Yeah. That, that's what you should be able to do with friends, you know, and that's why that's why probably why you can count them on one hand, you know, because for somebody to really know, it just takes time. Well, in, in our industry, too, people don't know this about the fitness industry, but it's a very cutthroat industry, right? Like, you know, not that you ever would, but it it doesn't benefit you necessarily to be around a lot of other high achieving coaches like wouldn't it be great if and now don't take this the wrong way but if Kendra was on her own separated from her peers like two or three notches above them and like you we talk about things that you could easily share with others that could be interpreted as threatening right oh yeah and we, we we talk about those things openly yeah. right yeah. because we care we're professionals we want to get each other's opinions and it's important because like, I'm telling you that because when I share things like that with you, that's the ultimate sign of respect and trust, right? Because I know that it stays between us and that's fucking yeah. important. That That's a friendship. I, I think trust, I mean, is trust not the foundation of all relationships? It is. I can't think of anything more important for me. I mean, probably for anybody, really, when you really, 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 really boil it down. I think it's the other reason why I have a lot of the connections with, you know, like some of the younger coaches too, because I am, I mean, I'm more of a mother figure for many of them at this point, <laughs> which I love, but it does give you a privilege into their, they're a little more willing to share because it's just a really special connection at this, at this point to be so connected to some of the, you know, twenties and thirties 
I know how they see me because I, I would see myself the same way as a 25 year old. Like, you know what I mean? I just kind of, um, I, and they tell me. I, I think you ride the line though. Like, I, I mean, like, I feel like I ride the line too. Like I, yeah, I, 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 see. Yeah. I think we're in a good spot. You know, we're, we're seen as people who can provide value. We have a little wisdom they can pull from us, but we're also not totally having Arnold Palmer iced, iced teas at lunch. And like, you know, we're not like getting broke out of the retirement home to come to Summer Smash. So I think- Yeah, we're not, we got five good years left. Let's be honest, right? You've got seven, I've got five. All right, yeah, five Summer Smashes left. And then it's just gonna be like, they're still coming to these. That's so cool that they- are you know that that I just I just can't imagine being that old. <laughs> it's I'm, I don't know, man. I think about it all the time. At some point, do I? you become so irrelevant. Damn. At what point do you go from what we're doing now to totally irrelevant? You know, like isn't the wouldn't the goal be like? And again, I don't want to say this in a bad way, huh? Go ahead. What were you going to say? I I want to go from where I am now. I want to transition someday in my life to being like big Jim at, at first form, you know, like Same. still being around and like, they don't ask me to do anything, but then every once in a while, somebody's like, Hey, I got a question and I could talk to them for about 30 minutes and just drop nugget after nugget after nugget. That's what I want to do. And then maybe if I'm cool, they'll buy me a drink. And also <laughs> big Jim. Another thing, if you don't know about big Jim is that like, he's the only guy at first form that's allowed to kiss my wife on the cheek. Like okay. he, he, I'm pretty sure Sandy looks forward to it as much as he looks forward to it because <laughs> <laughs> he takes advantage and she's like, you know, he just likes me so much. I'm like, I bet, I bet he does. Yeah, I, bet, I bet he does. Yeah. He, he definitely has that. Like we do, you know, I did the picture with him this year again, and Nikki Harris was with us. And for those who don't know, big Jim is Sal and Andy for dad, who is they talk about often the foundation of their message and their mission and the way they think. And I got to say, I think as they get older, they probably even realizing more and more the impact that he's had. Like, I don't think they realized that we don't realize until we get older, like, holy shit, like the way I, so much of this is coming from him, you know? I, I, I'm a little selfish in this aspect, but every time I go to HQ, I find the time to spend about an hour with him. And all I try to do is ask him a question and then let him talk. Like yeah, I don't yeah. interrupt him. I don't, I just listen because all he does is tell stories. And if you're paying attention and you're willing to just listen to the message, he's teaching you things while telling a story. And I think it's valuable. Like I spend an hour with him. Like it's probably not cool because other people want to talk to him too, but I just sit and listen you know, and let him tell stories until somebody comes and grabs him up. And says, yeah, yeah. well, I think this time he told me, don't quit, just don't quit, which is what Jack is learning too. He's, that's getting hammered into his head. And uh, he, he was like, that is the secret to everything. And don't you just hear that? I, I hear that. I'm like, okay, he said it. I'll have to try that the next time I'm in there. Just ask a bunch of questions. I don't really get to see him all that much when I'm in there. So I'll have to look for him. Yeah, I think 
it's it's tough because once somebody grabs him and he starts telling a story, you know, of course you don't want to interrupt him. You don't want to interrupt right. that conversation. So you just got to catch him early. You got to be looking for him. Um, okay. I love, but, but, you know, we're kind of at a weird spot right now, Kendra. I know it's, this is your podcast, but I'm watching the time. You, you know, we've been going about an hour already. We messed up. Damn. Not really, not really though. I mean, we didn't get to what we wanted, but this could easily be a podcast on relationships because we it talk is, about it. Well, so yeah, I mean the the topic today, yeah, the topic today was inten- intensity versus consistency, and it's almost like. Gosh, you could go, you could go into relationship with that concept. You could. Too. You could. You really could, because you could go into marriage for that one. Oof. You know. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's worth it to hit on it. Tell me what was on your mind. Cause you you said you wanted to talk yeah. about this. I totally am like, I'm in. Yeah. Well, did something come up for you? Cause a lot of times my podcast like the things that will come up, I, I just read a message or I've read the 50th message on that same topic. And I think we got to start talking about this. Yeah. So there was something that came to mind and there was a reason why I brought this to you. There's a couple things happening at once right now in Team Playborn in my community. Um, and that is, I've had a bunch of people finish 75 hard. Oh boy. So that's been great. You know, we've had some people do some amazing things over that 75 day period. And plus, as you know, we just ended our last challenge, eight or nine, we do nine week challenges, but our last nine week challenge. And so throughout the 75 hard process and throughout the challenge process, you know, I've been weaving in a message of consistency because unfortunately what I'm seeing is too many people focused on the intensity, right? And they're doing things right now or during that process that they can't maintain long-term. And so for me, it really comes down to, I see so many people go out the gate, whether it's with nutrition, fitness, whatever it might be, even their personal life. And you just talk about going to school, getting educated. They go out the gate, with all of this like vigor and intensity, right? They want to take down the world and they think that they can maintain that level of intensity for a long amount of time when what they really should be focused on instead of the intensity is developing an intensity that they can maintain consistently over a long period of time. And unfortunately, what I see is when people finish 75 hard or a challenge, they start to burn out. Like once they reach that goal they set for themselves, that fake day, that 75th day that says they they met that mission or, hey, the last day of the challenge is this day, that intensity starts to overwhelm them, right? And they start to go back and they start to slow down and they realize that what they were doing is not sustainable for a long period of time. So they start to falter and fall back on old habits. So that's really the genesis of why I wanted to talk about it today, because that's what I'm starting to see. Wow. I love that topic because the 75 hard is a great example. This is like 
first of all, this program is, I, I, I often wonder if people have actually like comprehend that the program was built by a guy who had become a multimillionaire with many successful businesses who had got, got fat, got himself fat and feeling lazy and complacent. So he himself for himself developed a program for him in that situation to create adversity of physical nature that he could overcome to prove to himself that he's not a lazy piece of shit. And when I say that, that's exactly how he would describe it in his podcast. 100%. Okay. He he did that. Then he created a whole year long program to keep himself consistent on track with this lifestyle that he could repeat that he goes back to as a way of life i'm sure adjusting to your point his intensity to keep this a consistent lifestyle for himself then he invited the world to join in but it was what's what i love about 75 hard it is is so personal to andy forsella he probably he did it himself by himself before he ever announced this to the world so you have to ask your and remember he had been a successful he'd lost weight he's transformed his body he'd been doing this for years he's been in the industry for years he didn't go couch to 75 hard this has been a progression and the truth is it's a it's a detail and a mindset challenge more than anything and it's i think it's often used in in a way like like as if it's just this attainable thing and the same thing as we've talked about people forgetting that this was meant to be a launch pad for your lifestyle forever like so if you do 75 hard andy never meant for people to just drop off and start going and go back to their lifestyle the challenges that we run are meant to be a launching pad for you to build habits that are sustainable for your lifetime. Now, maybe you won't work out twice a day. Um, and maybe you won't have to take a picture every day, but it, it it's meant for you to pull some version of, of that for a lifelong lifestyle that's some version of 75 hard. And I think it's just so used as a weight loss tool. And then when people are done, they, they, they didn't necessarily build the skill to maintain that as a lifestyle. Man, that was really great. <laughs> that was like a great summary. If Andy Priscilla was sitting next to you, I'm sure he would critique you because he does that better than anybody else. But I couldn't have done it better than that. That's for sure. That was perfect. <laughs> so do you mind if I interview you a little bit? No. Okay. So based on what you just said i know you've had a lot of people do 75 hard yeah okay so what is the number one thing that tells you 
on day 76 if someone got it right or someone got it wrong. I mean, I have my own, but you tell me what you think. Okay. I'm going to even back up further. Go ahead. Many people aren't doing 75 hard that say they were doing 75 hard that say they finished 75 hard. Perfect. Probably 75% of people are BSing their way through the program, not failing themselves, forget to read five pages, just do 15 pages the next day, forget to take their photo, don't drink their 1 million percent. That is because I see food journals of people doing 75 hard. <laughs> I watch their posts, but they're doing 75 hard. So that's my first pet peeve with the program, but all that, to, so fine. Somebody started the program. The first issue I have is when I see a post of a frigging martini the day after for breakfast. I know, and you stop doing the things. I, I know we have a problem on our hands. It's like, I, I know, and I've worked with enough people who have gained all the weight back and then some, and the only thing they know how to do is 75 hard to get the weight off. And now it's almost like you're in a prep cycle. You're in a, you're in a diet cycle again with this, these programs. It's so, I've, I've just watched a client do it, gain 10 pounds back and start drinking you know, between 75 hard and 30 and doing live hard. It's like, well, what are you? I remind people all the time in my group, I'm not the 75 hard police, you know? So no. the, the cool thing about the way that Andy Priscilla designed this program is that it's self-audited, you know, which means that upfront, you're supposed to do the work to understand what you're getting into. Like you should be listening to the podcast um, that explains 75 hard. Um, you should be reading the book. If it's something you're going to take seriously. And so number one, you should know the rules of what you're, what you're doing and you should hold yourself accountable. You know, like Andy says all the time, like, like I had someone message me the other day about something they did while they were on 75 hard and they're like, Hey, is this Okay. And the truth of the matter is, if you have to ask me if it's okay, chances are it's probably not. Probably not. Probably it's a, not. It's truly, it's truly a program. I, I've done it and failed four times um, in the days, in the 50s and the 60s, by the way. I failed. I fell asleep, didn't finish five pages, totally forgot. I did two workouts accidentally inside on a long driving day. I didn't take a progress photo. And I think the other one was a reading issue too. You can watch yourself over the course of 75 hard, get sloppy. You come out intense. You do, you say, I'm going to do everything before 2 PM. And then slowly you push your reading out. That's what happens to me. And I, but that's, that's my, the program is a program of integrity. Yes. It's that is it. It's not, it's not about exercise. It's about, to me, it's about integrity. But again, I'm not the 70, it, it, I don't, I'm not the 75 hard police either. It's just yep. something I notice. Oh, I, the last time I failed it, Kendra, I fell asleep without taking my photo yeah. and I woke up at like 
105 in the morning, a lot of people would have just taken their photo and considered that the same day, but it was not the same day. So I considered it a fail. That's what Mitch was starting to do with his too. He failed or he actually quit. He just straight up quit. But, um, but you start to get sloppy. And I think it's a good representation of how we go into these. This is part of the intensity versus consistency. Correct. Because you go in with the best of intentions and gangbusters and slowly you become inconsistent you become sloppy. And I think I do that with probably a lot of things in my, so I've had to look at that. Like why, you know, but it's hard. It's 75. It's not 75 easy. It's not hard because of the workouts. It's hard because of the detail. Right. I mean, if you're doing it correctly, you're probably reworking your entire schedule. Absolutely. Because you are trying to get more efficient with all the tasks you have in your life. You complete more and you can win at life. So you have time to learn. You have time to do all the tasks that are important to you. So it's super important to do the correct way. And you're only going to do that if you totally change your life to make sure that you're putting those things in there forever, right? Not for 75 days. Right. Like maybe, maybe a great way to come off of it is to maintain your walks and, you know, decide and to me, we should have been thinking about maybe where alcohol fits into our life over yeah. the 75 days, <clears throat> you know, um, that's a good thing to think about. Like, is it important? Is it still really important to me? Alcohol, um, just super intentional, but I, I do know people who have done it multiple times and each one they say is different. Like some they say feels like they're really on point. Some feel a little sloppy, but consistency can feel that way. Like if you like take a speed work workout, right. Where maybe you're doing a total of six miles Mm -hmm. and you've got all these little sprints along the way. To me, that feels like a fitness lifestyle is like, sometimes you do have intensity, but you, you can never lose the, like the long game here, that marathon, like there are sprints within the marathon. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm going to give you my example of what I do personally, you know, how okay. I, cause you know, like people, people ask me, you know, how, how I can stay so lean at this age, right? It's a question. Calorie deficit for five years. No, no. So I, you know, it's funny. I've been using first form challenges now for, you know, five years yeah, as a way of, as right. a way of kind of regulating my life. And what I mean by that is like, you know, it's kind of, you know, like you said, Andy Priscilla created 75 hard for himself, right? And then he created a live hard program for himself. If you're listening to this right now, it's your job to create your own goals in life. I agree. Like, don't ask Kendra, don't ask me, like, because if we give you something to go for, it's not going to be important to you. You are responsible for your own goals, right? Because once you actually sit down and I know it's hard to make goals, right? That's why it's, that's why you're asking us most of the time, because you don't want to commit to what's already in your head. Most of the time you already have the goal you want to shoot for. You're just afraid to admit it out loud, but regardless, neither here nor there, um, you're responsible for creating your own goals. And so one of the things that I did early on for myself was I, I kind of went into this routine where during the eight week challenges, I would commit to hitting my macros and getting in my workouts. Nothing 
crazy, just my daily movement. I would commit to those. I would commit to hitting my macros for those eight weeks. So for eight weeks, every four times a year, I was on point, right? I mean, I was as on point as you can get, even when you're in a, like a, a contest prep, right? Not necessarily a calorie deficit, not necessarily a surplus, whatever macros I was going for at the time, I was just going to do that. That was my commitment to myself. I committed to my workouts. Then outside of the challenge, I still committed to my workouts. However, my nutrition approach changes slightly. I eat six times a day. So five meals a day, I always track just like I normally would track and hit my numbers for my meals. And then on a last meal of the day, either the breakfast, one of the meals a day, I simply don't track, right? That's my way of taking a break from the app and tracking all my food. However, that's not a like go crazy menu. It's like, if I want to go out to eat dinner with my wife on a random Friday night at Longhorns, I go do it. And I don't necessarily worry about the app, right? I don't worry about tracking. I still focus on protein. I still focus on quality choices, but that's kind of how I ease off just a little bit between challenges. But that's a very consistent approach that I've been able to maintain for a long amount of time. What are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, that's so well said. It's like, um, you know, Ryan Harris. I do. Lost, I don't know, 200 pounds or something yeah. like that. We we had a great treadmill walk last year and he was telling me that's how, ex he's describing it just as you did. Like I can do anything for eight weeks. And then between challenges, he has like pizza Friday. That's it. But everything else sort of stays the same. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know where he's at now a year later. I know that what he's, what he did is super hard to maintain. And, but uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I basically am the same. Like what I love about the eight week cycles is that, well, it gives you an opportunity to just be really intentional. I don't think I've been more intentional in my life than I have the past four years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, my life doesn't happen to me. Like my life is created by me. Yes. Now there are shitty things that have happened and that's, you can't, you can't wait for smooth sailing because that ain't coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like there are seasons in life that are pretty nice where yeah. it's a little easier than others, but I, I am not always in a calorie deficit and as women, and I think it, this may not even be women, but let's to even you, who's we've talked about this, you kind of screw yourself over when you get stage lean. Mm -hmm. um, many of us sort of are walking around with this voice in our head. That's just like, be leaner, be smaller, be leaner, be smaller. Like, you're just, even if you're not actively dieting quote, you're, you, you just think you should, or you want to. And for me, it's as much a discipline of feeding myself. Well, lifting heavy, knowing I'm taking care of myself. And then I'm surrounded by other people who are helping me remember that I'm helping them remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, and those those cycles have been critical for me to maintain my physique, improve it if I want, you know, just, just, it is how I use those challenges too. And those, those eight week cycles. Um, 
I think that's, yeah, that's, that's probably all I have to say about that. Okay. So I like it. I'm like, did I miss, did I miss something um, here about your question? No, you got it all. You got yeah. it. Well, what, so again, because, you know, we're coming up an hour and a half now. I don't know how long you want to go. I want to make sure I get some things out of you. That's really four important. hours. Okay. Yeah. Four hours. We could. Um, yeah. What is your advice then for someone who's just starting or thinking about starting? Like, what's your advice then for them to, as they move into this season of their life, like to, to make sure they're doing it in a way that's manageable? Well, I, there are two schools of thought I have. Okay. I, I am always all in. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes time to get there. I think to your point, let, let's say you're starting, okay. Track your food and get your workouts in. That you have to quiet the noise to some extent because especially in a group where people are further along who who can kind of speak the language that we talk consistency 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 i mean look if we did a sports analogy and a team was winning 80% of the time you you you'd be like they're consistent right yeah yeah so we just need to be that when we start. Um, I think the deeper you want to go, the harder it gets. And this lifestyle and and like changing your physique is a progression. It's it's just it's a progression. I think that's why the eight week cycles are so cool because you can continue to reevaluate and work with your coach. But in the beginning, I love your approach. Like you were saying, get my workouts in, track my food. Like that's that's enough in the beginning. I think. Don't you think like, yeah, there, there's a checklist that you, that you have to hit and there are targets and you have to slowly change your lifestyle to hit those targets. You don't move in target practice. You don't like move the target around to try to figure out like where you're going to hit it next. The targets remain and it's your job to move your lifestyle yeah. to hit them. And some people that takes two years, some people that takes it. I mean, there, there are some people that are just better at doing that than others. It's, it's, it's easier for them than other people, but um, not easier, but they, they may have more experience. They come to the table with more experience than other people. Um, and I think what you said about being all in Kendra is important because being all in doesn't mean what most people thinks it means. No. All in doesn't mean that you're doing something unrealistic. All in just means that you're committed to doing the actions that are, and to me, you're committed to doing what's necessary to reach your goals. That's all in for me, right? Like this is where oh, you want to be. For sure. Right. You, and you may, you may not, you may not become a fitness enthusiast. Right. You might. Um and and I think you you have to there's an appropriate expectation that we have to have based on the work that we do. Like if I'm I love the analogy of finances, right? Like if I'm trying to get out of debt and I overspend every few days, like I really shouldn't expect to get out of debt. Right. But I could still be changing my habits and doing a better job than I did last week. Um, the one thing I caution people on. 
Okay, this is a lit can be a red flag for me. I, I don't know how you feel about this. I'd be curious, actually. When somebody tells me that they want to take baby steps um, because you've gone all in in the past and it's never worked, really think about that because you'll rise to the standard. And if you just keep lowering your standard so that you can hit your target, you you never get the opportunity to rise to the occasion. I just think that for some people that might be true, but for a lot of people, the baby steps are just more enabling bullshit, fear of success, fear of failure. Don't be afraid to go all in. And if you're our age, like we don't have a lot of time. What are you going to be 65? That's when you're going to do it. Like at some point you, you just have to decide this has to be my lifestyle now. I think, first of all, your point about being 65, is great because, you know, I mean, you can. I'm not knocking 65, but like, come on. Well, no, but here's the point about that number. And I know it's just a random number you're throwing out there, but here, here's the thing. Like if you're 30, you're 35 and you're listening to this, if you're not doing the work. Basically, what I know is going on is in your mind is you're reasoning it away till later, saying you'll do it later. But the fact of the matter is later's never coming. What's coming could be that your wife, your husband, your kids will live life without you because you'll never make it to 65. That's right. the truth. That's the hard thing to hear. But everybody puts themselves in the spot. Well, that won't happen to me. Well, we see it happen all the time. Just look around in your life. There's plenty of people that are without their husband's wives and are or taking care of them or just if you're spending whatever. all your time, you're doing all the sick care stuff. You never worked on the health side. So now you got to do the sick care. You didn't want to do the work, but now you got to do the real worse, way worse work on the back end with, with no joy. Yes. Like there's no reward to just barely staying alive. Like that's su such a garbage way to have to live. And we can, we can fix that now. Yeah. And then to your point about baby steps, you know, what do you think about that? Like, I just want to take small no, steps. Like, no, I get that, but mm, I don't baby know. steps, baby steps, people never make it. Um, well, yeah. very rarely make it because okay, he said it, he said it. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Well, well, here's the thing, you know, so basically what they're saying is, is I'm willing to commit to very little to reach my goals. Right. Mm -hmm. So they start off with baby steps, which means to me that you're putting in very little effort to get somewhere that requires a lot of effort, effort. So what happened four weeks, six weeks is that you haven't made any progress, but because you're trying harder than you were six weeks ago, you perceive that it's not working for you. So what do you do? Instead of giving the effort that's appropriate, you just quit because let's face it, who's going to change their life just a little bit, not make any progress and continue to keep those changes in place. Like, it's not going to happen. You know, it's not like, are you really? Okay. So let's just say you're a 190 pound female. It's five foot seven and you want to lose weight. And so you come to Kendra and you're like, well, I'm willing to commit to these couple of things. Right. So you stop. Or, yeah. Just working on water this week, you right. know, like, okay, so that's you, good. But so, so you're 190 pounds. So you stop drinking alcohol and you only drink water like that's all you're willing to commit to up front 
So you change that in your life, but you continue to eat like shit. You continue to not exercise. So four weeks later, you've given up alcohol, something that you really enjoyed. You like drinking wine. You like hanging out with your friends. I'm a social drinker. It's important to me. So you gave that up. So you're actually giving up a pretty big portion of something you enjoy. You changed your life somewhat, but now four weeks later, you're still 190 pounds. You're still five foot seven. You still feel like shit. You haven't made any progress. And all you've done is give up something that you really enjoy. And, and you point? thought, right. Why, why would you keep doing it? I'm sorry. I cut you off right at your okay. point. But okay. But why would I keep doing it? And also they, ex they thought they would have lost more weight. They thought, you know, there's a rumor out there. If I stop drinking alcohol, I'll lose 50 pounds. You got to get rid of that. That's bullshit. It was the food you were eating when the alcohol just kicked off the snacking and shot the metabolism, but you can't oh. like drink, not drinking alcohol, isn't going to get you to lose 20 pounds. And listen, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. for everybody. Like I went, we went to PBR this weekend. I had two Michelob Alters, probably the first two beers I've had. And I mean, it's been a year, 18 months. It's been a long time. I can't remember. I just don't think about drinking anymore. It's not something that's important to me. Yeah, same. But I, I had two Michelob Alters with my team. And to the point, like it was only two, like we can pretty much call them like lightly alcoholic beverages. Like they're not really drinking. Yeah. Still though, it it impaired my judgment just a little bit. And it gave me the feeling good vibe. So what did Sandy and I do at one o'clock in the morning? Nachos. We had pizza. 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 Yeah, pizza. Yes, something, right? something. So, so like those were calories I didn't count. And like, I fell for the trap. Like I fell for it, you know, like it happens. But anyway, I don't know where we're going with that, but I fell for well, it. Well, I mean, the, the, I don't know that I think we're, we're talking about to this, these slippery slope situations, but, yeah. but the baby step thing Not is, you know, people are like, I, I went all in you know, I'm just one of those all or nothing people. Okay. I'm one of those all or nothing people. Actually, I have a podcast about this, but I'm an all or nothing person. And I know myself and I know if I go all in, I'm just going to quit. Well, how about if you don't freaking quit this time? How about that? How about it's not that you're all or nothing. It's just that you quit. And I, and also all or nothing people, I usually just see the nothing. I don't ever see the all like show who is this all person you're talking about. I'd like, let's show up and then I will teach you how to not quit. I dare you bring the all to the next challenge. If you're listening or watching, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see oh. the all, I see the nothing. Oh, for sure. You know, Kendra, people will, they'll, we're all, all, we're all, all or nothing. I'm all or nothing. My challenge winners are all or nothing. We just go in all. The, well, people, they don't, they're, recognition of what all is the problem right it is yeah probably you know the deal like yeah I, I have this conversation all the time people Kenny I hit my macros every day for seven days well that's really cool but you know like probably hitting it with a McDonald's cheeseburgers french fries and a milkshake isn't what we're looking for here just because you're hitting your macros isn't giving your all yeah. like can we have some broccoli <laughs> we have some brown rice Damn. what do you think that's about some chicken breast or maybe some lean free lean right. beef we should do an episode on food quality. I think that would be a good one and oh. bring some examples. Yeah. Oh. So I think what we're getting at here, because I know we're now and we're, we've been talking for a long time, which is fine. Yeah. You've been, yeah. Take us on a few walks with you, you know? Um, but the, 
it's funny. I'm on a thread with some of my clients who have, you know, become friends and they were like, when we say successful, I don't know what they're thinking, but I realize a lot of people don't think they fall into the successful category when you and I say our most successful people. I think people who maintain results are successful, even if they haven't gotten all the way to where they want to go. Maintaining is a whole other ball of wax. And I'm proud of anybody who is some of my people have lost 30 pounds, still feel like they have 20, 30 more to go, but they've maintained the, the initial 30 pounds for years. And now they have to figure out if there's now it's more sacrifices. You willing to do that? And they're not yet. So they're not going to, but they know enough to know I, I, I'm not going to get that without the sacrifice. I'm just not willing to do it yet, but they're still successful and still consistent, still training, still working out, still created the lifestyle maybe not shredded like they want, maybe not exactly where they want to be, but just hold on. If you're in that, hold on, just I, don't quit. I love those people. If yes. there's, yes. An if, there's an if for me, right? So I love the person you just described. I have no problem with the person that lost 20 or 30 pounds or whatever. Lost any amount of weight. Let's say they're right. halfway. Yeah. Sure. They've, they're halfway through and, you know, they're, they're kind of at a spot where they're not making improvement anymore, but they're also not executing at the same level they were or making yeah. the sacrifices necessary. Yeah. I love that person as long as they're honest, right? Yeah. If they're coming to me and they're saying, Kenny, I don't understand why I'm not making progress. And I'm telling you why you're not making progress that's a problem. Like if you're not willing to make adjustments, however, if you're coming to me and saying like, you know what, I'm, I'm not really sure what's next. I'm going to try to figure this out where I'm at right now. I don't expect to make progress while I'm figuring this out. Like, that's cool. Like I'm okay with that. It's the unrealistic expectation that you're doing what's necessary when you're not, and you're complaining about where you want to be, but your effort isn't in the same spot as that desire. Yeah. Yeah, I have those two. I have those two. Of course, I have those two. Or what's what used to work isn't working, and you you've explained ad nauseum that that it won't. Like what used to, you have a different body now. I don't think people realize too, a body that's two hundred and ten pounds requires different things than a body that's one hundred and seventy pounds. Requires different things than a body that's lifting weights now. The scale will be different. Like your body. If you're training, eating food, eating protein, your body changes over the years. We get older, metabolism shifts. So you can never really just get stuck on what you did a year ago, two years ago. You're, we're, you, you know, we're moving, we're moving targets here. So, you know, that's part of it too. I see with people that have, have worked with us over the years, it's like, you can kind of get stuck on what used to work. You got to be willing to change and adapt, you know, but I got a lot of those people kind of midway through, um, not totally willing to do the work, which is fine. Just don't complain about the result. But to your point though, Kendra, to the whole point of this podcast, those people that are at the halfway point that probably are struggling most of them, what they're actually struggling with is, is 
deciding to make it their life. Yeah. Right. Because if you make it your life, yep. it just happened. It won't be on a timeline. You yeah. will just continue to change. Right. Yeah. The, the, I can say some of those people too, it, you could go like several, like three weeks without lifting. Oh, I get, you know, you got sick and then you don't track and you're always kind of, you're always, it's very clunky. Like to your point, like you just haven't gone all the way. It's time to take the second foot and just put it in. And, and the, the reality is those people you're doing 50% of the things and it feels like 150% of the work. Yeah. It's so much worse to do some of the things because you get no results and it feels like it's taking all of your effort because you're thinking about it all the time and you're frustrated. And if you just went in all the way, it's it's like this crazy thing where you get results and you feel the joy and it feels way less effortful than doing half of it and hating yourself and hating the decisions and being frustrated. And I don't think that that always sinks in. I would say if you're that person, like that should be our challenge people this summer. Just go all the way. Don't let like a whole other year go by where you're just dragging that one foot, you know? Bro, and Kendra, for those people you're talking to, all in isn't as hard as people think it no, is. No, it's like nothing. It's like, it's like, you're it's like, not, it's, it really comes down to this. It's like two better decisions a day. That's it. Let, let me pose it. Instead of saying all in. Okay. Let me say it like this. If you're someone that's halfway through your journey and you know that you are meant for more, like, you know, that you have something else in you. Really what I'm asking you to do is to live a life of zero compromise for yourself, right? That's what all in is. All in is saying yes to you, all the things and saying no to all the other bullshit. Like all in or zero compromise. It's all about being able to stand your ground with your spouse and say, that's not for me. I'm not interested right now. You know, it's about saying, I'm going to get up every day and do what's necessary for me and not compromising on that standard you set for yourself. It's not this like, big moment in your life where you like on signs or what is it on it's right. it, it's not saying like I'm all in like nobody gives a fuck <laughs> like you know it's it, what is it like you know what what show is it where he's like I declare bankruptcy oh <laughs> the office it's the office anyway <laughs> yeah so it's not like that nobody cares right basically what it's you just need to wake up and say to yourself to me you just have to say like I'm done like I'm going to do what's necessary and I'm not going to let anyone stand in my way. I'm not going to compromise what it is I'm going to become. You know, you don't have to say all in. You just got to start saying no to other people and saying yes to yourself. One of my girls says it clicked for her when she stopped saying I'm on fire. And she asked me to stop saying you're on fire. She says, I don't want to be on fire. I just want to smolder. Like, I just want to, and in her brain, that made sense. That makes sense to me. Time, right? Same. She got on fire and then it went out on fire, went out. And she's like, I just smolder. And I'm telling you now, what do you think's happened? She's getting the results. Sometimes it's like, 
that is self-coaching. Like I didn't tell her that, but now I use it all the time. Like, um, I do have one question for you, Kendra. Yeah. Okay. Well, not me, but I, I'm one of my members of my team. I'll be 50. I'm yeah. telling everybody, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. Be old it's, like you. It happens fast. Um, my So Isai, um, I've known him for a long time. Now he's had quite an amazing journey himself. He asked, how can he help his sister that has given up on her journey? Um, her justification is that she feels like she looks 50 pounds overweight and her goal was to be 170. Isai, I'm going to need you to, I need you to elaborate on that because I don't think that's, I don't think I can ask it like that. It made sense when I read it the first time, but not this time. So anyway, his sister I bet- for a long time, she was doing really, really well. She was all in. And then she kind of started to backslide slowly. And then she wasn't executing at all. She kind of gave up and now she's in a spot where she can't start again. I mean, I know that about her. That's how she feels. Any thoughts? Well, I have a lot of people, as I'm sure you do too, who want it for everybody else. They, You have it. I mean, how, when you find a good thing, you want it for everybody else, especially people you love. I'll use my brother as an example. And I personally think the best thing we can do is uh, continue to encourage them, but you got to kind of, you, you can't force any, there's nothing, there's no one thing I think you can say. Did you get clarification? I did. So she, she had a goal at one point to be 170, but right now she's at 220. And now she's kind of convinced herself that like, she's just happy where she's at and she's not really willing to work for that 170 anymore. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's, she's convinced herself she's happy with what she's achieved to this point. And that's good enough for her. It's tough, right? Well, you, I mean, you, honestly, if somebody was in my app and said that, I would probably send a video that said something like, um, especially if I had rapport with them that would say, you know, I, I don't think this is the end for you. Um, and I think that you should reconsider that decision. I think you're going to regret that. Um, and I'd like to be the one to help you. I'll be here along the way. Yeah. Um, some people you can let go. It depends on how many cycles and it's not our job this is what's super hard is you can't convince anybody. Um, I, I have a therapist on my team who uh, has had an incredible transformation and she's helped me a lot as a coach remind me that there's a level of readiness that everyone has to have. And for a lot of people, it's a rock bottom. It's a, it's a, it's an event. We've talked about this before. And I know that it, you know, people ask me that, what can I do about my mother? The answer is you got to just show up for these people, but you, you also can't derail your own journey, trying to pull somebody out of something that they, they just need to go through on their own. It's really hard to watch. It's hard for us as coaches to watch people make the decision to quit. And it's never usually a good reason. It's like nothing. It's just, they're just like, life happened like whatever that means um it's tough but like you know uh, like 
for me, when I, when I hear this question, you know, maybe, maybe you do, because it's not my, my job to judge, like when you're happy, you know what I mean? Like if you're happy at 220, I can't really argue with that. That's up to you to decide. But, you know, I know that based on her size, her height, like you can be 220 pounds and happy with how you look in the mirror. But I promise you that your body is not healthy. You know, like at at her height, 220 pounds is not a good, it's not a good number, right? Like there's some underlying things that you might not be feeling right now that will probably come to haunt you someday. And I think that's probably, but that's not a sexy answer, right? Like it's really hard to motivate someone or to help someone change, to get back on the right track when you're talking about something that might happen 10 years from now or five years from now. It's just, it's really, it's we also know, we also like, we've talked about this before. I do not come for anyone who says they're happy. If you tell me, if you tell me you're a vegan, and you have the physique you want and the energy you want and the performance you want. I don't, I don't, I, I will I don't spend one ounce of my time trying to convince you to eat meat or debate with you. And if somebody says I'm happy with where I'm at and I have, unless I know different, cool. And yeah. let me know if that changes. Yeah. And I think you know, that's whole thing. Like you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make them drink. She probably has every tool in the toolbox. She has all the support she needs. She has everything at her disposal for like for a steal. She has to want to do this and there's nothing you can do or say to force that along. You just got to, keep doing. you know, my, my brother watched me. That's what my mother was saying too. I influenced my older brother just by being there and living my life this way and telling him I want him around, you know, yeah. I'd like to have him around. And that all that combined got, you know, got to him. I so, wore him down, wore him down. Let me ask you this about intensity then, okay? Um, and this is kind of a question. I'm going to paraphrase it for Kira, who asked the question in my group here. So when it comes to intensity, what do you say to the people who try to go out the gate really fast, trying to get to their goal much quicker, but they end up inevitably getting in their way each time? Like they can't stay the course long enough, right, to get to where they want to be. They think that if they go really hard, really fast, they can skip things, skip steps and get to their goal. Do you have any thoughts on that? Gosh, it just, the, the thing that comes to me is because first of all, I have, I do have challenge winners who've lost 25 pounds in an eight week period who have maintained that physique. But the thing they did is they stayed consistent with me the whole way. All like they don't leave. They, these are people who are with us for, for years because they understand and they, and they track their food and they do their check-ins. They don't, they don't leave mid and they listen to the coaching and the little, the little recommendations that we make are so important. So when you reach your goal, it's only just begun. 
I, and I'm sure Kenny has said that like, okay, you lost 25 pounds in eight weeks. That's ridiculous. It's way too fast, but you did it. You can't leave. We, the work has just begun now. Like you have to learn to maintain that. Um, and by the way, by the way, this is not the healthiest and statistics show over and over and over and over that rapid weight loss is garbage. The yep. slow and steady wins the race. Like if you can get 1% of your body weight, you can maintain your lean muscle or at least 80% of it, which you want. This is critical. There's, there's no data that says rapid weight loss is good. Not even if you're 400 pounds, like it's not good. You don't even get a chance to wrap your brain around the lifestyle you're building. You're just so focused on the number. Um, well, this, and the faster you do it. Well, this is so America though, Kendra. You know, this is so like, we want it now, right? So like, I can see the train wreck coming and I'll tell you what I mean. So like, when I have someone that comes into my group, they'll join. So for eight weeks, they'll join the community, right? They'll be all in on every aspect, you know, talking about intensity. They will literally figure out macros. They will start working out. They'll do everything they have to do for eight weeks. And part of that is engaging with the community, engaging with the team, engaging with the coach. So the eight-week challenge is over, right? They've had this amazing transformation. And guess what starts to happen? They stop engaging with the group. They stop engaging with the coach. They've come, they think they've learned it all. They figured it all out. They've got it. They don't need us anymore. And I understand like sometimes people don't need us anymore, but for the most part, these people come in, they change their life. They start doing things to create accountability in their life, like engaging with other people, other people to hold them accountable, engaging the assessment process so the coach can give them continual feedback. And as they start to hit that eight week mark, and they've gotten to where they want to be, they start to go back on old habits. They're no longer engaged, right? They start skipping that one meal a day. They're not tracking anymore. They have no intention of doing that. They start skipping workouts and they start to slide back into old habits instead of doing something they intend to do for the rest of their life, which is consistency versus the intensity, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. I, you know, it, it is another reason I'm so glad I did contest prep because when you guys come off an eight week, like if you're, if you've made incredible progress, you have to be super careful, intentional about how you bring food back into your life. Cause your body is just ripe and ready for fat storage. So like, that's, that's a, that's not just something we say, that's a real, real thing. So the after a challenge is the most important time. It's not hard to lose weight. You just eat less food. And a lot of people are understand like, oh, the scale goes down. That's easy um, in some kind of a way. But to learn to maintain and adopt this whole lifestyle is a whole other thing. I, I you know, same as you, eight-week challenges are, they're tricky, they're a little bit of a clickbait thing. Like let's, right. you know, it's like, we'll get them in. Now we got to, now we got to keep you in, but you got to be real careful. If you're going balls to the walls for eight weeks, burn yourself out and, um, you know, and go right back to where you started. It's a, it's a real, real problem. It's a real problem for people. Yeah. And you know what? The reason why Kendra is just like they learned. So on the backside of an eight week challenge, 
when they start to slide, you know, they go and they have those first couple donuts they've been depriving themselves from for eight weeks. And then they step on the scale, they might catch a break. They you know, might the first couple times the scale might go down. And they might be like, well, you know what? Like maybe Kenny's foolish. Maybe I can get away with this shit every once in a while. So they start doing it, but they also do things like stop getting on the scale, right? They stop looking at the mirror. All so, the things, yeah. And so the next thing you know, it's four weeks later and they go put on their favorite pants. And guess what? 10 pounds up, baby. 10 pounds 10 up. Pounds. You know what? Let, let, me, let me put this into perspective. Most of the people that we coach in a healthy process with a healthy weight loss percentage are 20 almonds and one apple away from maintenance. Yeah. Okay. You, you're not too, you're not a cheeseburger and donut. Your, your, your margin is narrow because that's the healthiest way to maintain lean muscle and lose body fat. So you stop the workouts that you did to win the challenge. And then you add in food that is just like, sh should never really be back in there. When really you were only 20 almonds and an apple deficit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not this crazy deficit that, that now you can go back to, to whatever it is. Like it's forever. It has to be. It has to be. And I, um, I love that analogy that the almonds and the apple. It's so true. It's it's like I, it's not it's not a lot of food here that we took away to get the results. If you think about it, so let's just say someone's at 1700 calories, right? Yeah. And I put them at an initial 10% caloric de deficit. So about 170 calories. That's literally two tablespoons of first form nut butter. Like right. that's it. That's it. That is it. Right. That's it. And now maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get five to 700, right? Like maybe that would be, that's an, but, but even you guys, that's an aggressive deficit. Yeah. And it's, it's the window, the margin of error is small. So um, you start eating a little bit more and moving a little bit less and boom, you're right back you're right back to it. So I would encourage anyone that's listening that, you know, works with me, what you have in order to stay there, you have to do what you did to get there or pretty damn close. It's that's so when you're building your lifestyle, you have to remember that what got you here is probably pretty close to what you're going to need to do to stay here. That's why one of my main messages, Kendra, just like you said, is like during these challenges, you should be building the life that you want to execute long-term. And it's going to start here and it's going to include things we've talked about today, friendships, relationships, boundaries with people, you know, uh, where work boundaries, social media boundaries. And though, like Kenny, we have people on my eight week challenge that are working on eight weeks of not tracking their food and doing, still doing their check-ins and seeing if they, if they really understand, like, that's a cool goal for yeah. people who've been with me for two years, you know what I'm saying? And they maintain yeah. not, not, I'm not saying in the beginning because, because right. food journals are in many studies that they are part of successful fat loss and healthy lifestyle, just setting your intention. 
um, but goals to to read more and still track your macros goals to sleep better like it doesn't just have to be you know as you progress it can be refinement um until you become perfect like me perfect of, of course of course we should yeah. all achieve Kendrick's level of perfection yeah i mean did i overeat 17 rice cakes yesterday yes i did but I think consistency in the gym is probably one of the most important things if you're struggling with nutrition to just don't blow off your workouts. You got to have, you, you got to have some win every day. And, and don't, and, and to Kendra's point there, like, and this is a message for me, I'm sure Kendra feels the same way, but like when you start to lose focus on nutrition and you start to go backwards, the default for most people is well i need to get more cardio in like that's like don't just like stop right there like i always tell people if you're going to go to the gym and you're going to work out i don't care how bad it is or what you did or what you ate just go lift weights just or you have the best leg day you've ever had right yes. <laughs> don't don't punish yeah. yourself and don't fall back on cardio because you think it's yeah. gonna, it's going to correct what you did it's not it's only going to make it worse it's going to make, it's going to make it worse. Bill Campbell has some great research out about that too. Like it actually does, it, it basically does nothing for you, except maybe it'll make you feel a little bit better, which is part of this too, but you'll be back in that cycle. Go lift weights. Don't worry about it. Get back on track. The only thing it will do in team Playborn is if you tell me that you've been doing excessive cardio is it will make you mad because I will be all up in your shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My poor husband. Yeah. I mean, I love cardio, but you know, yeah. for the right things. Anyway, well, here's another one that's going to be hard to title. We're just giving yeah. your you guys uh, in team Claiborne, maybe drop some title ideas for this podcast um, oh. for us. Yeah. I'm sure you'll get some. Yeah. Love you had about 70 going. comments today, which is good. Yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. Interaction. We let, I, the interaction is always helpful for me too, just to, you okay. know, you guys are, you guys are part of how we progress as people and coaches and you give us a lot of content ideas, frankly. Yeah. And if you're not following Kendra on IG, you should, um, obviously I, I don't know what her take is on Facebook friends, but you know, follow her on TikTok, IG, all of those things. And then I'm sure she'll talk, she'll talk to you about this. I'm sure. But you know, if you want to listen to these podcasts, I think it's Spotify, right, Kendra? Yeah, Spotify. And then we put them up on YouTube also if you want to watch them again, which you don't need yeah. to. But. Like, I, I don't have a YouTube channel, but guys, listen, one of the things I don't talk about this much, but if you really want to support someone, you know, go subscribe and watch their videos on YouTube. It's really big for them. Um, plus, people like Kendra have a great message. If we can help them grow, we should. Yeah, thanks, man. And in the show notes on Spotify, Obviously, you'll hear all the stuff about about Kenny. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify and you don't follow Kenny, you should. You'll be entertained and you'll just get some straight up, straight up coaching. I think both of us do have good people that we recommend. If you want to stay out of the fitfluencer vibes on Instagram, you know, I got some good people for you there to 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 take a look at if you really want to be educated. But yeah, Thank you're not you you're not, you're not going to catch Kendra doing arm day and showing her ass. You know, it's not going to happen. 
I don't know. I've been thinking. I've been thinking late. I've been rethinking my social, you know? I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to be old has been soon. We got five summers left, you know? Five summers. That means I've got like two. That's even yeah, more. Okay. Well, yeah. But thank you guys for listening and watching. Thanks for letting me in Team Claiborne. At, you know, he comes into, into my group sometimes too. But I think we're really trying to just kind of get these conversations out there, shooting the shit. And, um, you know, they're good for us. They hold me accountable. I usually leave here with a lot of things to think about for myself. So I love meeting some of your people too at Summer Smash. So I got the dates on here. Maybe I'll make a little appearance like you crash mine. It was the best. Kendra, yeah. you know, I think some people are, they get threatened by other coaches, but like when I'm seeing my people like on IG that came to Summer Smash and like they're posting pictures with people and I see like when my ladies connect with you, it makes me happy. Yeah, it yeah. It does. I, I don't think I can do, yeah, it's, I was going to say, I don't think I can do for my, my people need to hear different messages too. I mean, I've been at this a long time. So if you four years with me, it's important you hear other people's messages and I don't, I don't really care about, I, I just don't want it to be the wrong message. So I like to give them people, Kenny, he's a good one, you know, for you to hear because it, it, it does help people. I think it brings them for what I hear tremendous comfort knowing that there are people like us out there I've heard that before and I do think that like because of who we are and the relationships we build like many many people in team Claiborne like we do start to assimilate and we build a different relationship so a lot of times I can give a message but I think sometimes they hear it like coming from a friend versus a um, person of authority so it's like it's like when your mom tells you something like 15 times, you're like, whatever. But then you see it on TikTok and you're like, that shit must be fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like you got to hear it from somebody else at least. Right, once right, 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 right. Or that's, that's say why it. I have a Ninja Creamy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, by the way, just so you guys know, if you don't have a Ninja Creamy, get one. But I waited like two years to buy one until I saw Kendra licking an ice cream cone when she was out of Hannah. Like, Hannah's, okay. I know, I know. Kendra's in, I'm in. Right, and let me tell you, my whole the, apparently my team has a whole creamy text thread. It's only about recipes. I'm like, why did you guys not let me in on this? I late to the party. But sometimes, just remember, uh, for me, sometimes I just need somebody to say it, and I hear it differently. Yep. Kenny says a lot of things that I think and say, but to hear them articulated differently is really good. So thanks for letting us think out loud, process out loud, and just, just you know, kind of help push us too. This makes my day, man. This makes my week. It's the it's a good way. Mondays, we record Mondays. Yeah, no, I, I feel yeah, bad yeah. for my wife sometimes because like when we get together, we have all this shit to talk about. And my wife's like, yeah. I, need to, yeah. I need to do a better job of getting her connected. Yeah. Bring her and Mitch on. I know. Oh gosh. We should, we should, you should do a podcast, Kendra, where you let Mitch run it, Mitch and Sandy, and we have to sit there. We're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> that oh would be God. fucking funny. Oh, I'm sorry. What was his name? Not Mitch, but what do we call him? Jebby? Suey. <laughs> <laughs> we want to protect his privacy. <laughs> All right.
right, guys. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Spotify if you happen oh. to be listening on there. And I, you're going to get a lot of cardio out of this episode. Two hours. Two hours. Damn, man. We're going long form. That We've never done one that long. All right. And uh, she's about to wrap in the, uh, the outro beats. So thanks, Team Claiborne. <laughs> thanks, Kenny. Bye. See you.